already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louie. All right, what's going on? Welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. One more episode, last episode, before breaking down games uh, at TCU week one here coming up uh, next week. But this week we're going to have our predictions, picks for the for the season, everything from individual leaders, team, uh, team records, awards, however you want to say it. So we'll make all the picks for today. I'm Tyler. That's Jared, like always. Jared, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Just excited for the season to actually start. We've talked about it before we got on air. It's hard to hard to drag out these first couple episodes, you know? Well, the closer we get to it, it seems like each day is longer yeah, and longer. You know, yeah, back yeah. in May, June, you know, it's 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 coming up, but now it's real. It's actually uh, right around the corner. Producer Ryan, how you feeling? How you doing? Feeling great, dog. All right. Um, so what we'll do on today's show, like I said, picks for this season. Now, how we're going to do it is different categories, things like the, the rushing leader for the season, right? The receiving leader for the season. Who's going to lead the team in sacks? Interceptions kind of go through our picks for uh, team leaders. Also, to wrap things up, we're going to talk about the team we think the Buffs will score the, more, the uh, mo- uh, most points against and then the team that we think that uh, the Buffs will allow the f- or allow the fewest points against, right? So who are they going to put up the most against? And then who's the defense going to show up and shut down? So all that and more on today's show. But first, a couple things I want to get to. The first is just general Pac-12 talk. We haven't spent too much time going through the conference. And it, it's funny. The year the Pac-12 falls apart, obviously Colorado on the way to the Big 12 next year. Thank goodness. Uh, all these different teams are leaving. It started with USC and UCLA. But what do we think of the Pac-12 this year? I mean, who's your pick to win it? Are, are you guys both on my, my on my bandwagon? Well, let's not say bandwagon, but my, my thought process. I think USC is obviously the clear favorite, but I don't think anything weird is going to happen. I don't think Oregon's going to steal it. I don't think Washington's going to have one of these seasons, people are saying. So I'm picking USC to win both the South and the Pac-12 overall. I, I'm taking USC as well. If I were to give a kind of alternate pick to, to counter you, I think Utah is the safe pick to me. This is the team that they're back-to-back. Pac-12 champs. Sure, they lost pieces, but they have a lot of the returning pieces and parts in place. Obviously, Cam Rising being the the, the well, biggest. Rem- one. Well, not right now. Cam falling to start the season. Cam. He's not going to be ready to go. Is ACL. that right? Okay. Yeah, well, he, he is coming off an injury, right? Well, so. their two best players offensively are coming off ACL injuries last year. Uh, uh, Brent Keithy, their tight end, who's going to be their number one target, and then uh, their. Uh, so, quarterback, I'm uh, uh, rising. Cam, yeah, Cam, Cam rising. rising. Yeah. So, so they're going to start the season against Florida without some of their main pieces at least being healthy. They go at Baylor, so I've got a tough schedule too. But uh, you're right, Utah's always right there. Yeah, but USC in my mind is the the favorite. Well, it, Lincoln Riley just it, his second season. Well, and in my mind, the way I look at USC in the Pac-12 is if we want to talk about the Pac-12 as a conference and do they have a team that can go make a playoff run or do something in the playoffs? To me, there is only one team that can potentially do that and that is USC. I think they have the high end, the, the top They can end actually talent. like compete in the playoffs or make the playoffs because Com- I think Oregon or Washington, if they win, could still or Utah could still get there. I think compete in the playoffs and, and that is all contingent upon USC having a defense that actually shows up. Uh, Ryan, who do you like in the uh, to win the conference? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, just make it a trio. I'll uh, take USC as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did see a team like Utah um, or Washington competing for the Pac-12 uh, title. Washington's probably got all around the best roster in the Pac-12. Um the most uh, the most balanced roster, I should say, um, but uh, we'll see if um, you know if they can come out on top. Well, I mean, obviously, right now the favorite is USC, so we're, we're neither of or you know none of us are really going out going out on a limb there. But uh, the South is going to be tough. Obviously, you know Utah, UCLA is going to 
you know, be good this season. I know they they're focusing on Dorian Thompson Robinson, the the exit of the quarterback, but I think they're going to be fine. You mentioned, uh, you know, the this being obviously the last year of the Pac-12. Yeah. It, it, I mean, who knows if there's a Pac anything beyond this? Those discussions are still in place, but it's 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 weird to me. Obviously, this is all built around TV money, right? And and Pac-12 really dropped the ball at handling their their media deals and everything. And that's that's the main reason I know from CU standpoint. But I think also pr- prior to that with USC and UCLA, that's what drove them to leave is these TV deals not getting yeah, in place, sure. not not being there. And all of a sudden, the Pac-12 went from kind of being a joke the last five or six years in terms of the other Power Five conferences to. The Pac-12 is legit. This well, that, year. well that, that was my point when I like started the, things off. It, it, it's it's ironic the year that they're breaking up is the the season. It's finally like okay, USC, a couple teams. The Pac-12 is actually I think not that what, bad. Four or five bottom. teams in the top twenty-five or are right around there going into the season. Look, and the Buffs have a tough schedule. I mean, it's not just non-conference, which you know we've talked about that, but. In conference, it's a tough schedule for the Buffs. But either way, I want to talk a little Pac-12. Just get your general idea of, of what's going to be going on and and uh, wh- where the Buffs might end up. I'm not going to make any picks right now. The, the ceiling is is so all over the place depending on who you talk to. Look, I'm not going to call for Coach Prime to to you know perform any miracles in his first year. But I, I've said this before. I think six seven wins would be a great year for the Buffs. That's sure. not going to get anyone a Pac-12 championship, but uh, that's where we all stand on that matter. Okay, last thing before we get to the uh, picks for the season, like awards, however you want to say that. Uh, I, I have a few potential concerns. Now, I know last last show I mentioned I don't want to be the one bringing negativity, and that's not my point here, right? That's not the goal of this. The goal of, of, of this next kind of piece I have is a few things I've, I've noticed watching uh, YouTube, right? You're watching the YouTube uh, uh, videos, whether it's well-off media or the pregame show, now, look, some of these may be little things that I, not being a, uh, a, a scout or anything like that, am overlooking. Maybe it's just a few things here or there. It's such small sample size that that's all we've seen on the video. But even going back to Jackson State, a couple things that stand out to me that I hope are not a big deal this year and I hope are not a concern. The first one is I feel like Shadur Sanders holds on to the ball a little bit too long. I don't know if you've thought this. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems like it, last year at Jackson State and the scrimmages so far, and this is one thing I see, quarterbacks who play at these colleges where you have a lot of room, a lot of time. That was Jackson State last year. They were often the best team on the field. So Shadur kind of sat back, sat back, extend plays, used his legs, and I don't think using his legs is a bad thing inherently, but when you're doing it play after play, what I don't see, I guess is what I'm saying, is snap, three-step drop ball. Or, you know, they're they're in the shotgun a lot, so snap, get rid of the ball, you know, quickly. It seems like he's holding on to the ball too long, and we've seen that a lot with our quarterbacks recently. I'm hoping that's not the case. As I said, there's a lot. This is such small peaks into the offense we get with these YouTube videos but I just want to see if you guys, if that crossed your mind at all, whether it was Jackson State or, or what we've seen in the scrimmages so far, you know, if he's holding on to the ball a little too long. I think my, where my optimism lies is, is, is with the offense and the, what we're going to see in that, and it's a very quick pace offense. The idea is moving quickly, keeping the defense on their heels. I think that the offense is designed to do that. Well, that's what, I've heard, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. That's the ball what, out of his hands that, quickly. That's what Sean, uh, Sean Lewis has been saying. That's what we've been hearing, but I feel like we should see more of that on video. And look, I don't necessarily think playing fast from Coach Lewis's point of view. Now, maybe it does mean getting rid of the ball quickly, but I interpret that more as 
hurry up offense. You're going to make it tough for the defense to get substitutions. I don't necessarily think of that as getting rid of the ball quickly when he talks about moving fast. Now, that should be part of it, and I'd like to see that more. But look, this is all about the offense being able to work. If they can work that way, so be it. But I just feel like Shadur's so used to having the best O-line, best receivers. It's And I it's think that different. is a really good point and good concern to bring up because you see that in any time you jump calibers in, in your kind of level of play, right? Going from college to the NFL, you see quarterbacks all the time struggle and not realizing how quickly the speed is the NFL. I think that's the same thing going from Jackson State to a Power 5 conference in the Pac-12, it is a big difference. These kids are bigger, stronger, faster. The plays but, move well, quicker. He's just going against CU's defense now. And that's, right? So this is so Pac-12. I, this I, is Colorado's I, I, defense. I, I do tend to agree that that could be a concern. Um, I'm not going to read too much into, hey, you know, in practice, a lot of it is like you're trained not to hit the quarterback. You want to see that quarterback make plays. Is he extending the play because no one's hitting him and he wants to make that play? When that speed of the game hits, is, is are we finding this improved from there? Okay, that's just one little potentially nitpicky thing, and I hope it's not a big deal. I hope after the first week against TCU, we're saying, yeah, not a big deal. That was, that was uh, all for nothing. Uh, number two, though, because I had two of them. And again, um, I actually do, I want to be very careful with this one. I don't want to, want to misconstrue and say I don't like this. I think this is how it is. Some things are just how they are, and we're going to have to deal with this. Travis Hunter is an emotional dude. We, yes, saw, right. we saw this at Jackson State. We've seen it in the behind the scenes. I mean, this guy is emotional. He wears it on his sleeve. And, and again, I want to be careful here because a lot of people out there, want players to fit into a certain category. And I don't want that. I do not want that. I like the emotion. It's part of who Travis Hunter is. But something that inevitably comes with that emotion is that emotion is going to boil over sometimes. It's going to get... And so, you know, I guess part of that, if he does, again, hopefully not. Hopefully he's got that under control. Not going to be a big deal. I'll take 15 every now and then, you know, every couple games potentially if Travis is going to let it get to that point. I hope he doesn't hurt his team and get the flags, but, you know, I don't know. Did you guys watch the Celebration Bowl, Jackson State, last year? Uh, no, no, probably saw highlights. You know, it was a close game. Mm-hmm. It was one of the only close games they played in, and they lost in overtime. And you saw Travis get really upset at a few key moments in that game and why he got upset because he's an emotional kid who wants to win it's all it's all out of a, a point of he, he's competitive all he wants to do is help his team win so that's where it comes from but can't help but bring it up can't help but notice it hopefully it doesn't turn out to be something that uh becomes a, a headline this year i think that really falls on the leadership within the colorado program both in within the, the the core of the players you know your veteran leaders within with on the within the team but also your coaching staff i think you know, primetime understands a lot of the guys he's brought in and and how to connect with those guys. So I think it really does fall on those veteran leaders to do that. But to, to your point, you brought up the 15 yard flag here and there. I, I think there's a certain situation where that could be the best thing for a team in the right moment right. Uh, when it's handled correctly. Now, you know, losing it in in the middle of a key drive where then you you maybe you give up a first down because of a, of a, of a bad flag that that can obviously kill you so i think there's going to be some learning moments and and frankly you know he's got a a starlight on him that he has not had before right i mean he was the number one guy the big time guy coming out of high school but he went to Jackson State and sure there was a lot of attention on him but not the level of attention he's getting i mean now he's being talked about in Heisman talks you know what what kind of upside he has as a two-way player so he He's going to have that attention on him. So, 
he, yeah, yeah, he's going to have to work on getting these things in check. And I, I look mostly at the coaching staff as guys that, hey, you as the you, the coaches, you brought this kid in, you know who he is. You've got to make sure we are working with him on the sideline within games, within the weeks, to make sure we are not losing it at those key moments. So, All right, Ryan, you got anything to add before we move on to our picks for the year? Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, the it's such a different culture um, surrounding the team now. Um, it just kind of made made something kind of churn in my head of of last year and the years prior. Um, we've always kind of been the doormat, and nobody knew that more than the actual players on the team. Um, I mean, would you guys consider Travis Hunter the leader of the defense, or well, just the best player? I mean, I mean, right now I, we we have we don't really. I think all we have is these YouTube videos to kind of go off. Sure. I think Shane Cokes probably fills that role a little bit more. Yeah, um, I would say I would, pretty would confidently, Levante no, Bentley. he is not the leader okay. of that defense. I, well, I think he may be the best player. he doesn't seem like the most vocal guy in the world. No. You don't have to be, but he's not going to like... And it's it's rare to see a guy that's a, a sophomore, a so true what, sophomore, be that so guy. So where this comes from in my brain is, is having played football is guys tend to usually gravitate towards the best players, regardless of their attitudes, the way they carry themselves, their leadership role, uh, or their leadership abilities um, even then. So I would just be cautious and kind of afraid to see, especially early, um, the Buffs being a heavily penalized team, mm. just because of the new attitude. We have the attitude of um, we've got prime. We're something to talk about now. So some some. Things that may go on during games, I'm a little worried about as far as those that that type of attitude kind of spreading throughout the entire team. And, so. and let, let's be honest here for a second. I know Coach Prime is doing his thing, and I wouldn't change. Uh, Coach Prime knows what he's doing. Far be for me to step in and say, "Hey, Coach Prime, here's what I would do if I were you." But he hasn't put Travis Hunter in the best ideal situation for his teammates since day one he's talking about that dude's that dude are you that dude because that dude's a guy are you him are you him so it's sure. hard in a new team where you don't know anyone and the coach is always putting the spotlight on you best player you're that guy it's tough to like he, he it's almost sort of like yeah i know coach i'm the best can we get cool out with that like and so i kind of feel like that's where he is with uh, look i don't know maybe he enjoys it but well and that's where like, again going back to the you, you mentioned you'll trust coach prime right we're gonna trust that he knows what he's doing and and you have to think that behind closed doors he knows yeah. that he that travis not a lot of, a lot of people can't handle that i'll tell you right now i'm not the type of person you put a spotlight on me and i will shrivel <laughs> i am not that guy to step well, up plus you moment. sweat easily so I the do. spotlight would make y'all bald it makes it so much yeah. worse it's so <laughs> obvious as soon as i start sweating right. but 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 yeah maybe he is that guy maybe this is what travis hunter needs and prime is recognizing he needs to be put on that pedestal he needs to be told he is the best so that he can continue to go perform that way well, right, let's get let's get to oh go ahead sorry man. just just on that that point I, I think i think what one of the best qualities that coach prime has is he you know he lived these kids lives you know he he lived through it through the nfl through the mlb he lived through it through the ncaa and I think he can pick and choose which he he can see himself in Travis Hunter. Yeah. So he sees that he that Travis Hunter he's got a little bit of that as they say quote unquote dog in him just like Prime had, and he so he's gonna he's gonna treat Travis Hunter like that. And I, I hope and um, I hope what's going on in the locker room is he is um, able to be aware of what guys he's to be that way with, what guys to kind of calm a little bit down, what guys to puff up a little bit. So I, I think that's a, that's a big part. Do you guys see the, the cleats, the Primax cleats? 
but they just oh they're they're clean go go all the all the gear they got recently oh yeah so So inside the sole of the shoe has the like the 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 prime quote you know the you you play good or you feel good you play good you play good you get paid good yeah Yeah, the whole thing's that's that's on the sole of the inside and the shoe so they're pretty sweet go look them up the the prime x cleats that they got for this year all right special thanks to uh show sponsor fiverr for business solutions and individual solutions if you're looking for freelance work freelance individuals a lot of times people don't know where to go you need a logo made you need a website made you need wordpress ai services even they're offering now go to fiverr See if freelance is the option. And if you own a business, know anyone who owns a business, this can be a great affordable option to get uh, help for your uh, company or individually too. So check them out online, fiverr.com. And instead of using promo codes, just click on the link in the show notes, sign up, get a discount with your first purchase today. That's fiverr.com. Uh, sign up in the show notes with the link there. All right, let's get to it. Uh, let's start off with the backfield because we're not going to pick anything for quarterback. Hopefully, Shadur stays healthy all season long. Hopefully, he's the, the passing leader, right? Great touchdown interception ratio in his whole career. I don't I don't remember what it was right now. Off the top of my head, though, I want to say like 40 touchdowns, six interceptions, something crazy like that last season. So let's hope anything close to that we see this year. But let's go to the backfield. Rushing leaders this year. Uh, rushing leader in terms of yards. I'm going to go Dylan Edwards. Okay, now there's a lot. I, this is one of the tough categories to pick is rushing leader. And the reason I'm going Dylan Edwards is I think over the course of the year, he will get more opportunities. I think the coaching staff right now has identified him as being the most electric, the quickest, the most upside of any of any tailback right now on the roster. And that's not taking anything anything away from Alton McCaskill, Cavosier Smoke, Anthony Hankerson, but I just believe that Dylan Edwards will edge out a couple of these other guys. I believe it's going to be close. I see like a 500, 600, 700 type of year for these running backs, but uh, I'm going to go Dylan Edwards, the I, freshman. I thought I was going out on a limb. I thought I was going to have the dark horse there and I because I also went with Dylan Edwards for nice. my pick there. And, and a lot of, you know, the way I look at it, everything that I'm hearing out of camp is there is one dynamic running back on this roster and it is Dylan Edwards. All the other guys are versatile guys. They can do a lot of different things. They can run with power. They can catch out of the backfield. They can block. They can do everything. But Dylan Edwards is dynamic. He's your big play threat. So I think that's a big part of it, right? The big plays. This is how you get the rushing yards, right? You have those big plays, those big you know, chunk yardage plays. But I agree with you that I think as we're getting into conference play, I think it will be quickly realized by this Buffs coaching staff just how special of a player he is. I think by the time we're getting to game five, six, seven of the season, Dylan Edwards well, look, is your lead back. See, that's where I disagree. Roster. I think all year long we're going to see somewhat split carries. I don't think they're ever going to get to a point where it's a feature back situation, but I'll still and, take and Edwards. It's not, not a feature back like we saw in the 90s with the boss. Not, nothing like that. But he will be the guy as your d- down in, down out guy that is then being you know I, pulled off the field. Okay, hold on. Guys. I think you mean early 2000s with the boss, right? With Chris Brown, Bobby Purify, that feature kind of back because the 90s, that's when they were running the... Sure, but you still had your your you know eric b enemies you know the world so yes okay so let's go from 90 to 05 (laughs) we got a nice window there of some feature Uh, buff ryan did you go edwards as well i did not i went uh alton mccaskill uh and see okay mccaskill mccaskill this is one thing that during the first week of the season we're gonna get all this taken care of here's the problem though tyler we too many national games 
To, we're not going to get proper pronunciation. Some of these national <laughs> announcers gotta, know how to pronounce You guys got to do what I've been doing for years, where for the away games, you sync up 850 KOA with the, uh, sure. the the broadcast. But you know what, Ryan? If I had to pick a leader for rushing touchdowns, I would go uh, McCaskill as well. He's actually listed his first on the depth chart, and what, he's 6'1", 210. So if I went rushing touchdowns, I'd go him, but... So yeah, so for McCaskill, he um, uh, for those of you who don't know, transferred from Houston, uh, tore his ACL last year, so sat out the entire year last year. Um, but his freshman year at Houston, he won the AAC um, Freshman of the Year, ran for almost a thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns. So I don't think your rushing touchdowns idea is too far off. However, I will say um, I had trouble, and you guys may think I'm crazy for this. I had a little bit of trouble not picking Shadur for this. In rushing really? yards, oh, I think, so. yeah. I, think okay. I think running back is arguably the deepest um, position the Buffs have, and I could see Shador getting those big chunk plays like Jared was talking about because they're going to be rotating these guys so much, and they they all do different things well. Some so like, you're going like so you're Edwards. going Shador. Well, you're leaning Shador because the crowded running back room. Crowded running back. I, I think there's there's so much to eat that um, I don't think one necessarily running back. Is going to have that that. that. Don't you guys like hate that. when you sit Probably down? There's just too much to eat. Just too much. Well, to eat. I never really hate that. But yeah, so I like that. Ryan process of elimination. Ryan goes. Uh, Ryan goes process of elimination for the for the tailback. Yes, so, all right, cool. Let's get on to receivers. Uh, we're going to bo- do both receiving yards and receiving can, touchdowns. Can I go first so you don't steal mine this time? Of course you can. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm not going to go out too far out on a limb. We're going Jimmy Horn Jr. Yeah, this, I this got Jimmy guy, too. You got Jimmy too. I sure do. All right, so Jared made the case for all three of us. He's a speedster. Okay, he's a speedster. You get the ball in his hands, he's going to make plays. But also, he is a legitimate deep threat. Okay, he's a guy that can do things. He's a versatile guy. He can be working on the outside, working. At at the slot. He actually lined up quite often in the backfield uh, as well previously in his career. So he's a guy that's very versatile. I think he is their, in my mind, their clear number one threat as the wide receiver position. I'm going to call him the Yak Master. I'm starting that right now. We got a coin on the show. Not not Yak Master, but like the Yak. Yak Master. The Yak, right? I think that by the end of the year, students are showing up dressed like Yak, uh, a Yak, because yeah. right, like like the animal, because he is the yards after catch. He's the guy, right? So, um, yeah, I think Jimmy Horn too. I got him for receiving yards. He's electric. He's going to get a lot of looks. Like he's built a good chemistry from what I can see with uh, Shadur Sanders. So I'm on Jimmy as well. All right, receiving touchdowns. I didn't know whether I was going to go Travis Hunter or Xavier Weaver. I was going back and forth between those two, and I'm going to go Xavier Weaver for a couple reasons. I think he's also building rapport with Shadur Sanders. I see him a lot. Kind of often talking with Shadur, working with the routes. He he is bigger, six one, and I think he's going to get. He's going to be like the one player that no one's talking about enough. It's going to be a big part of this offense, and I think he's going to be a, a big part of the red zone packages as well. <clears throat> now, as you guys know, and all the listeners know, we're kind of going into this a little bit blind, like everyone Absolutely. else. Absolutely, darts in the dartboard. Right, we don't really know what targets are going to look like or anything like that, but I'm going to go Xavier Weaver for my uh, touchdowns. Well, and let's not forget, he was, uh, in terms of statistics last year, he was the more productive receiver out of him and Jimmy Horn. Just to recap, for those who missed last week's show, go back and listen if you didn't, but uh, both Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver played at South Florida last year. South Florida losing their two top receivers to Colorado. Thank you, South Florida. No kidding. (laughs) But yeah, Jared's right. Uh, Last year, uh, Weaver 
was the more productive uh, receiver. So Weaver the receiver. Love that. I actually went with Travis Hunter, and my thought process behind this is based on what we have seen at camp. If there's one thing I can tell you based on the video footage we have seen from camp of Travis Hunter is this dude is an animal in 50-50 balls. So whether ball he's hawk, a baby, defender or he is going up as a receiver, he comes down with the ball almost every single time. So if I'm an offensive coordinator, knowing that I'm probably using Travis Hunter in limited packages on offense, what packages make the most sense to put him on the field? Let's put him in there in the red zone packages, in those packages where he can go up for a 50-50 ball in the corner of the end zone, make a play. So I am going to take Travis Hunter, utilizing his skill set, going up and attacking the ball. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Well, I also had Jimmy Horn, um, but I will give another name. For receiving um, touchdowns, too. like it. Yeah, right. So, uh, but I'll give another name. Um, I brought him up last week. Uh, Michael Harrison. Uh, again, he's actually listed on the depth chart as, as wide receiver, but, again, been using him a lot at tight ends. And this came from uh, Coach Lewis um, uh, yesterday. Um, asked about uh, A reporter asked about the tight ends role in the offense. He said they're critical. They're the transformers on offense. They're an indispensable piece of what we're going to do. So I think that he'll get a lot of seam routes, a lot of deep balls, uh, a lot of jump balls when they're in the red red area. Um, so Michael Harrison, watch out for him. All right, I like it. Let's move on to the defensive side of the football. We got sacks, interceptions, and tackles that we're going to do for these categories. Let's start off with sacks. I'm going to go Shane Cokes for a couple reasons. He seems like he's really fierce. He's really working hard in the offseason. I think he's got a point to prove not only – has he been productive? Eight and a half sacks last two years at Dartmouth. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because all he's hearing right now is, yeah, Dartmouth boy trying to play in the Pac-12. Dartmouth, can it translate? And I think it absolutely can translate. Not only is he productive and he's really good pass rusher, he's a leader, he's stepping up, he's being vocal, kind of taking that, you know, Ryan asked earlier who's the leader of that defense. I think Shane Cokes is certainly in that category, or at least in the conversation. So I'm going to go Shane Cokes. I think he leads the team in sacks for the Buffs. Uh, I'm going to go with Shocker, another transfer into the buffs here. Uh, Jordan Dominic. And everyone at this point. Out of, Damn you, Jared. Uh, <laughs> out of Arkansas. Uh, and, I, and the main reason I'm going to go with him, there's, there's, there's two reasons, okay? He brings about as much experience as anybody on this defense. He is yeah. a sixth-year player okay obviously that's not something you hear very often he still was around he was a, a young pup when the covid year was hitting so he got that extra year of eligibility he has 16 and a half career sacks seven and a half coming last year very productive player in the sec okay this is big time college football he was producing there he is going to be an animal for the Buffaloes this year. Ryan, same thing. He, anything he missed? I did have Jordan Dominic, but I'll uh, throw another name out there for you. Uh, another transfer, Derek McClendon from uh, Florida State. Um, also uh, has plenty of experience. Um, uh, he's a graduate transfer, actually. Um, but uh, in his 38 games at Florida State, had 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, eight and a half sacks, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, and about 11 quarterback hurries. So Playmaker. I'll go with uh, McClendon. Playmaker making plays. All right, let's get on to interceptions. And I'm going to go a little bit maybe contradictory to what uh, many people are going to believe this year. I'm going to take Travis Hunter. Now, here's the thought process. A lot of people would say he's not going to get the looks. Many people will throw away. They're going to throw away from him. A lot of people going to throw away from Travis Hunter. And I think early in the year, first six games or so, the stubbornness of other coaches are going to say, I see a young player 
over a great player, and they're going to get burned. The guy that's maybe tired, right? He's playing potentially both tired ways. both ways, and who you know these coaches who are a little bit too big for themselves sometimes. I think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to try and attack him, and they're going to get burned for it. So over the course of the season, right place, right time, early in the year, probably more opportunities. I'm going to go Travis Hunter just because when he gets his chances, he's not going to squander them. So I actually leaned into the thought processing process that you're leaning away from. I think everyone's going to avoid Travis Hunter, and if the other outside cornerback who would I expect to be the starter for the buffs on the other spot Cormani is Cromartie McClain. Right. A true freshman. We saw this a couple years ago with Christian Gonzalez. Guy that turned out to be a stud. He was now in a first round draft pick after transferring to Oregon. Guy was a superstar. What happened the first four or five games of the year? Every single yep. target was against him. Everyone was attacking him because they wanted to see if he could step up. I believe Cormani McClain is on a whole different level and I know last week Christian Gonzalez uh, last week producer Ryan had mentioned that he thinks Cormani McClendon is going to get 25-30 snaps in the, in the first week Yeah, I think it's going to be more than that the, the, the further we get to game day I think he's going to play a majority 80-80 snaps on defense now how many total snaps are we getting yeah how many total snaps are we going to get on defense anyway and like uh, you know, like, do we, do we have those numbers like average snaps in a game average snaps in a game you're probably going to get between 60 and 80 yeah, I want to say, remembering back in the the Chip Kelly Oregon days, he was pushing up to 80 to 100 plays. And mm-hmm. so I think that would be your very, very high end would probably be in that 80 range. All right, let's see. Um, yeah, it's not a good day if the opposing offense is on the field for 80 plays. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no kidding, right. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, I, I, think that we, that, I think he's going to be in there for a lot of the packages, a lot of the looks. Sure. I think that, look, I think that the, the, the defense under Charles Kelly is going to be multiple, a lot of different looks. I mean, I, I, I've, that's what he's been saying. 4-3, three, three, nickel, whatever you, you want to talk about. But I think McLean is going to be one of those man-to-man outside. I believe that's going to be a big structure. Now, again, we're all going into this blind. We're on the same point of view. So maybe some of this is just my... Uh, I'm just speculating. But I think a lot of the defense is going to be structured and hinged on Travis Hunter man-to-man on one side, Cormani McClain man-to-man on the other side, which gives a ton of freedom to do what you want in the middle of the field. So yeah. maybe that's too... That actually plays into who I put. Maybe it's too, maybe it's too like, like simplistic, but that's what I think. Right, this is got, the Ryan? defense you're running in NCAA next that's, year? That's my point, though. I don't want it to seem like too <laughs> madness with all this, right? <laughs> I know that that can be simplistic. Oh, yeah, but for sure. No, I, I, I kind of went the same way. I actually picked Shiloh Sanders. Um, so... Shiloh's got a lot, a lot of experience playing football. Um, if you guys don't know or don't remember, before he played two years at Jackson State, he actually started at South Carolina. So he's got SEC experience. He's got three years under his belt. All the coaches are raving about uh, how smart he is, how he's getting better every day. And just because you do have those uh, those lockdown corners on each side, like you said, Tyler, they are going to be trying to do a lot of stuff across the middle, um, and that's that's safety territory right there. So I see, uh, I see, I see some. Pitch and a lot of big hits from Shiloh. This All right, year. better name, Shiloh or Shadur? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to go Shadur because it's a little bit more unheard of, a little more unique. Shadur's yeah. just got that swagger, too. I know, it, it, right? It fits you him so that. well. Uh, it fits Shadour. him so well. <laughs> All right, um, uh, inter- we did interceptions. Tackles, last uh, category here on defense, tackles. I'm going Levante Be- uh, Levante Bentley. I was going to go linebacker Sorry. here anyway. <laughs> Apparently, Ryan was going to go him too, <laughs> and he's one of those players. I just think it's all going to funnel to him. He's he's a hu- he's aggressive. He finishes. He will be one of the leaders on that defense. He gets side to side very smoothly. I, I think this is an athlete in a 
NFL body. I, I, I believe he's going to be a, one of the huge, huge playmakers for for this team. And yeah, I got him leading tackles for the uh, for the defense. All right, I am not taking a transfer player right here. I'm taking one of the homegrown buffs. Trevor Woods. 79 tackles in 2022. 65 solo tackles. I think based on the skill set of some of the other safeties they have on the field, you may see him more in the box, more utilized in that kind of almost linebacker hybrid role. He's a big guy at that safety position. So I think he is going to be up there making tackles a lot for the buffs. I got Trevor Woods. Woods as the tackle leader for the Buffs. Yeah, the only reason I didn't go safety was because, like you said, it's a crowded safety room. There's so many different players. And it's funny, you know, in the first year we get all these transfers, I feel like that's going to happen. You can't just have your pick where it's so smooth. You got four guys at each position. The Buffs have a lot of receivers and they got a lot of safeties. So that's a good pick, though. All right, Ryan, what do you got for uh, tackles leader? Yeah, I had Levante Bentley as well. Um, And you pretty much brought up everything I was going to bring up. I mean, transfer from Clemson, the big dude. Moves well, side to side. I think uh, I think he's going to be all over the place. What do you one say? Of, one he's of, got those fluid hips. O- got those fluid hips. He's got those oily Ooh. hips, right? <laughs> that is one thing they've never said about me. He I was uh, do not have anything <laughs> fluid in my hips. <laughs> Bentley was actually one of the uh, one of the players I was most excited for to come to uh, come to Boulder this year. So uh, really expecting a lot from him, and I th- I think he's going to deliver. So real quickly before we move on, I know next we're moving on to some team stuff. Yes. The the, uh, the highs and lows on the team. Um, team. As I was putting together my notes for this, and I'm curious if you guys felt the same thing, I I felt like I was finding it hard to move away from who I thought was the obvious guys. And then as I got done with this list, I'm like, I'm definitely wrong on almost all of these, I think, right? Like, we have to be going into the season believing that these guys that seem to be these obvious picks, like, there's a lot of guys, in, you know, kind of hidden within this that's maybe not that that big-name guy that came from Alabama or came from Clemson sure. or whatever, but how much do we feel like that these guys are going to be... I mean, we just listed four or five guys that we are all pretty confident are going to be essentially the leaders in all the statistical categories. Do we feel like that's pretty locked in? Or are you guys feeling like, that, as we've talked about like the running back position, some of these other positions, that, that we're going to struggle to see a lot of guys excel because of the amount of depth and some of these skills positions? No, I, I, I think it's pretty up in the air right now. No one has any idea, especially for something like uh, uh, receiving yards. That's a packed room. We have no idea. Right now, there may be one receiver on this uh, list or on the depth chart who gets twice the targets of anyone else. We just don't know. There may be a... You know, you know how it goes every year. The tackle leaders are pretty stratified. Like your every team, the leader in tackles has a hundred or so, hundred and fifteen tackles. The next guy has maybe eighty or ninety, and the next guy has seventy. So it's pretty stratified. It may be uh, Shane Cokes on defense. It may be Levante Bentley. It may be who knows. You know, Des Moines Kennedy. I have no idea. So for something like that, for something, it's so wide open now. For interceptions, it's going to be Travis Hunter, McLean, maybe one of these starting safeties. We kind of know those a little bit more. Uh, you know, uh, 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 sacks, right? We know it's probably going to be one of a handful, three or four guys. There's not 10 people who could be there. So some categories, yes, some categories, no, but that's the best thing right now. The Buffs can use their advantage first couple weeks. If no one knows, you can uh, you can use that as an element of surprise against the TCU, Nebraska, and Colorado State before entering Pac-12 play. Right, let's get to some of the team uh, picks here. We're going to go most points, see who's going to score, and least points allowed. Remember, if you want to bet games, if you like betting games, and there's a lot of betting to be done starting this weekend with week zero, 
I would recommend checking out a website called betteredge.com. Here's what Better Edge does. I, I, for those who don't know, I've been a professional sports better for six and a half years now. And I talk to a lot of my friends who bet themselves and their wives and girlfriends get really upset with them losing a lot of money, right? So I have a recommendation for you. If you want to start betting risk-free, aka VIG-free, where you, you don't have to pay that pesky minus 110, it's easy. Sign up at Better Edge. You know, and don't worry about how do they get rid of it? How do they do that? How do they do It's all different. It's a bit of a different system. It's kind of like buying and trading stock. So it is a bit of a different uh, interface than your classic sports book. But I highly recommend for anyone out there who wants to start winning more when you win, losing when you lose, check out betteredge.com. Put in promo code BUFFS when you sign up. That's promo code BUFFS. And that's going to get you a free 20 bucks. So look, it's as easy as that. Sign up at Better Edge. Put in promo code BUFFS. If you don't like it, fine. You got a free 20 bucks to work with. But I recommend get that 20 bucks. You're going to love betting big free. That's Better Edge promo code BUFFS. All right. So most points scored this season. I'm going to take CSU. Okay, the team I think the Buffs are going to score the most points against this year, Colorado State. And this one, kind of like Jared said, is it easy or not easy to make these picks? This came down to Stanford or CSU for both these for me. (laughs) Okay, it's like, like, Stanford, CSU. And here, I think that Coach Prime is getting the rivalry thing. Did you guys hear he did no red in the yes, building? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was so that. happy. To, well, because you guys remember, just shortly after... They were all wearing uh, well, red. Well, and at, shortly after State. he took the coaching job, he had that that uh, commercial for uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's in a bright red <laughs> shirt on it, which is... I mean, obviously, that was done well before he took this job. But like, bro. But he's getting it. He's getting yes, the no red memo, it, yes, and yes. he's buying into the, to the rivalries. Colorado State may be the team that CU is the heaviest favorite against this year. Okay, so... Coach Prime wants to get out, get a win, make a statement, but also it happens to be a rival. I expect CU to pour it on that game. I think CSU is the team. I strongly consider that game for a couple of reasons. You obviously mentioned the rivalry aspect, and I do think that CU will not be afraid to pour it on because they want to prove a point who is the best team in Colorado. But I look at it, and it, it's it's coming out early season – there's a lot of new faces on this Buffs team. It may take a few weeks of kind of figuring some things out. They also have a couple of tough games leading up to that. This is the third game of their uh, preseason. So you'll be coming off of TC. You'll be coming off of Nebraska. And then you turn around, and if not, mis- I'm not mistaken, it's Oregon, Oregon. and you see <laughs> yeah. USC coming out of this. So this kind of may be that lull in the middle where it's a little hard to get up for this game in, in that moment. So that's why I, I see it so different. It. I see that as the last opportunity they're going to have okay, okay. to get a win. So you may as well get it so all in. So I, I leaned a little bit on history here. Historically speaking, Colorado and Arizona have had very high scoring games. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking back to the Khalil Tate games where we were 48-45 type of, type of atmosphere. Uh, but this is also a November game. I think this is when CU really has their feet under them. This offense is really cooking. So they're at home. That's a big part of it too. So I I think that even though Arizona was a much improved team last year, they're going to continue to improve this year. You look back at the last five games for Arizona last year, they gave up 31 points or more in every single one of those matchups last year. So I like the Buffs to score big against Arizona in November. Ryan, you also had CSU. You want to add anything or uh, did I cover it? Uh, yeah, I just uh, mostly picked them because I hate the Rams. There oh. you go. Screw you, CSU. Oh, baby! I mean, that's just bleeding black and gold. That's <laughs> It's not hard. All right. Uh, last year, we're going to wrap wrap things up with least points allowed. Which game is the defense going to show up and shut down the opposing offense? I'm going to go Stanford. Uh, Stanford is at Colorado uh, on a Friday night. It's going to be October 13th. 
It's going to be a big game. CU is actually entering a bye week. So kind of like the the CSU game, I think they have uh, something they're looking forward to, a reason to go all out. Not only that, though, Stanford's defense will provide plenty of opportunities, especially, in my opinion, on in the running game. I think that CU really runs the football, and that's usually not what you say about a Stanford team. Usually Stanford is solid offensive line, front seven on defense, not this season. So overall, I think Stanford's going to be a porous, dejected team. By middle by the middle of October, I'm going to take uh, Stanford as a team that we shut down. Do we, do we all have Stanford? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy that's, pick. Right? The, that to me is the obvious one. They're a bad team with an even worse offense. So that that one's the obvious. And one. they're conference list. That has to be. A little I'm going to I'm going to build <laughs> off of what you just used for your last one, and I'm going to go I'm going to go different on this now. I'm going to go with CSU because if anything, I think that's where CU maybe can shut CSU down. Let's let's not let them score. Maybe you don't get as many points as you're talking about the highest scoring game, but let's not let CSU even score. Let's keep that to a goose egg. Love okay? that. All right. Appreciate everyone listening this week. The time is getting closer and closer, so stay tuned next week as we finally preview a game. See you at TCU. So we'll talk to you then right here on the Buffs Nation Podcast.